thing. I love, um, like, Friday, I get home at midnight, and then I fall asleep, and then it's Saturday, and then it's Sunday, and we're just, like, right back. Yeah. I feel like I never left. That's the beauty of it. I love it, though. Especially when I'm actually winning some bets. Then I, then I love the and job even more. And right now, good. the Knicks are down only 31 to 30, so that's a good thing because we got a close game. But more importantly, I bet the over this morning at 206 and a half. Live total, 217 and a half. Good things happening in the NBA. We got the under and Yankees uh, A's. It's scoreless going into the fifth. Yankees unders are the way to go. Yankees have one hit. Until Judge and Stanton get back in that lineup, and even then. Well, and there'll be a full month when Stanton comes back that he'll bat like 140. <laughs> and so. then, you know go back to the IL probably unfortunately I want him to stay healthy it just doesn't don't we happen. all 30 something million dollars he's getting paid just too. doesn't happen I'm getting a little bit nervous uh, my last big bet in the Eastern Conference after the Bucks let me down is the Boston Celtics I have nothing with the heat I have nothing obviously with the Knicks and now I'm a little worried that maybe the 76ers might be able to win this series if James Harden keeps performing for little baby <laughs> Even if uh, Joel Embiid isn't 100%. So let's talk about that and more right now with our guy, Keith Smith. Uh, Track is where you can find his work. One of my favorites. Keith, how you doing, man? Long time, no talk. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I want to start this off with uh, some Jalen Brown discussion because I love Jalen Brown, and I just trust him more in big games. Like Tatum's obviously the better overall player. I love him in the regular season. I know he hasn't been fully healthy the last couple playoff runs. This year he's healthy. But I just love Jalen Brown in big games. After the game in his press game, um, or in his post-game presser, I should say, he said he has to demand the ball a little bit more, maybe be more aggressive in the fourth quarter. Is that what you're seeing uh, in these games? And would you agree with that assessment from Jalen Brown? Yeah, I think so. I think Jalen's been in a weird spot for almost the duration of his career. He, he came in as kind of a developmental guy, had to figure things out on the fly, was a rotation guy on a on an unexpected playoff team. Then the next year, the team was much better. He had a slightly bigger role because by the time they get to the playoffs, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward were both out. Then the next year, Jalen Brown was coming off the bench. The year after that, now Tyree's gone, Kemba Walker's there, Hayward's back in full, and now you're into a position where he's the third or fourth guy because he's behind Tatum. And it's always kind of been he's been shuttled off to the corner uh, at those big moments in those games. And I think he, whether it's subconscious or knowingly or whatever, he he kind of knows, like, hey, this is where I end up. And I think what he is saying and what he said in his post game was, it's partly on me. Now, it's partly on the coaches, too. Let's drop some stuff to get him involved. Let's drop some stuff to get him some touches and get him going because there's no reason this guy can dominate the way he does in the first three quarters sometimes and then just completely disappear in the fourth. And it's not a you know bad player thing. He just doesn't get the touches. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I wonder, and, and this is, like, obviously not relevant right now in this moment, but – uh, obviously, he's got you know a, a future decision to make in terms of what type of role he wants to have. Like, do you think he'll ever be able to be uh, like that aggressive player to demand the ball and feel like he's higher on the pecking order in like big clutch moments in big game playoff moments than say like a Tatum? Or do you think that that will only come in, in a different situation? Yeah, it's tough because I think once you're established in a situation with another great player that great player is going to be the guy who gets the ball. Now, what you would hope is, and we've seen this for Jason Tatum. I mean, we saw it twice in game four. He passed uh, twice to Marcus Smart on uh, for, for game winners. So he's got to make the right read. You would hope 
that might be the right read made to Jalen Brown at times. And Brown isn't just stuck in the weak side corner, kind of watching it all develop. So, but as far as being the guy who gets the last shot and those kind of things, I'm not sure we're going to get there. It's been something a lot of people, myself included, that cover the Celtics and are fans of the Celtics have said at times is, hey, let's get, get Jalen Brown the touch at the end of this game instead of always running through Jason Tatum. But once the packing order has been established, it's something that's really hard to come away from. Uh, uh, Keith, I absolutely destroyed Mike Budenholzer uh, in that final game for the Bucks for not calling a timeout in the end of regulation and then, you know, losing um, with one one remaining in overtime as well. So Joe Mazzula, same thing. 116-115, they lose 19 seconds to go in that game. Just lets them play it out. They have two timeouts remaining. So obviously people just destroying him for that. Just what are, you, uh, what are your thoughts on his uh, on the job that he's doing right now as head coach of the Boston Celtics? And let's say that they do get eliminated or maybe they don't get past the Eastern Conference Finals. Is he the head coach next year or do they look to move on? He's going to be the head coach because they, they gave him a full contract. Right. So nobody moves on a year in from a coach. Like That's just not going to be the way it goes. I just can't imagine we would ever see that. But as far as the job he's doing, he does a good job with some stuff. I mean, he, he really lit into them after game one of, hey, we overdid it of trying to go to the basket too much. We didn't play our game. Um, you know, with that. And I think he got them into a better place. I think the challenge at the end of these games is he wants to let the guys go. And he's a big believer in, hey, play the matchups and figure it out. And my problem with that game, especially in the overtime period, was you got the ball off the court. By the time you got into anything, there was about 13 seconds. You threw it over to Tatum. Tatum didn't go until there was under five seconds left. When he got it and held it for about five seconds, or about five to eight seconds, he should have called a timeout there and said, all right, it's all bogged down. Let me drop the set. Because he's really good at drawing up ATO plays. I don't think you should coach under Brad Stevens for that long without having picked up something about drawing up scoring plays. So he does a good job with that, but he just wants to let them play out. The other thing that I find extremely disingenuous is he has said repeatedly, I don't like to use timeouts early in the game because they want to have him left at the end of the game, but he doesn't use them. He let five timeouts go to waste uh, in that game four where he didn't use his use it or lose it for one under three minutes. He lost that one. Then he didn't use his uh, you know two at the end of regulation or his two at the end of overtime. That's just something he's got to get that solved and figured out. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's extremely puzzling when you watch that, and I can tell you being a, a longtime coverer of the Boston Celtics were pretty frustrated. We watched uh, that play out on Twitter, of course, too. Like, what do you think uh, about these very strange bookended performances from James Harden? We got probably one of the best uh, playoff games in game one of his career. Bookended, uh, he had two two probably the worst games of his career, regular season or postseason in terms of just shooting percentage. Followed up uh, maybe the second best playoff game that he's ever had in his career. Like This v- very zigzag performance thing from James Harden. What What do you make of that? Yeah, I think part of it with James Harden is I just don't know that when you're in this every other day uh, type of setting, which the series is right now, that he's going to really have it to bring. Um, I I think he goes through these periods where he just kind of goes through games and goes through the motions, uh, even on offense at times. Now, yesterday, Doc Rivers, you know, the guy who, I mean, going all the way back to I covered – the team when he was still with the Celtics as the head coach and one of our laments was this guy does nothing different he makes no changes well he made a pretty major change and it's kind of a nerdy thing but 
they they went to a lot more sideline pick and rolls with the the corner empty. So there was nowhere to bring that pinch help on James Harden. And what Harden did was he also changed his shot profile a little bit. He mm-hmm. has been the poster boy under Maury Ball of three-pointers or get all the way to the rim. And he took a lot of mid-range shots in this uh, uh, game four. So that was huge for him to say, all right, if this is what they're going to give me, I'm going to take these. There's no help coming. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, drop into my spot here. I'll take these shots. And he made a whole bunch of them. So it was big too, that plays he made down the stretch because Joel Embiid in that fourth quarter in overtime, he had nothing left. He, he was, you know, couldn't even get off the floor. Al Horford blocked an Embiid jumper because Embiid had no lift. Uh, left in that game so this is something where if they can try to figure out a way to get Harden to bring it consistently like this Philly will be in the series with a chance to win but as much as all the Celtics fans are lamenting what happened you know and myself included in this you have to look at it and say hey it's two two all-time James Harden performances with two bugger beaters to get to kind of you know get the two wins and not even be swept in this series. So that's something I think where as we look at it, it's, you know, you got to feel like if you're the Celtics, it's disappointing, but we're still in pretty good shape here. Yeah, real quick, uh, what do you think, we talked about the, the performance, the coaching performance for Joe Mazzulla, but how would you assess how Doc Rivers is coaching and made adjustments? Because it feels like to me, and maybe I'm wrong, this is one of his better series in terms of adjustments. Yeah, that empty side pick and roll was huge in game four, going to that repeatedly. Um, the fact that, you know, now some of it was Jalen Brown got in that early foul trouble on a couple really tough calls. I think they, they, they were able to really get some momentum for James Harden because the Celtics put smaller defenders on him and he had a little bit more room. And then his other adjustment was he dumped Jalen McDaniels out of the rotation, dumped Daniel House, didn't even come close to seeing the floor. He ran with his eight guy and said, this is what it's going to be. I'm going to run with George Niang off the bench and uh, a couple other guys, you know, here, uh, you know, Paul Reed um, as well. And th- these are going to be my guys. I'm going to run with these guys. And, you know, if this doesn't get it done, then it doesn't get it done. But I'm not going to play anybody else that I can't trust that the Celtics just aren't going to defend. What, do you, what have been uh, your thoughts on the officiating in the series? Like, I thought there were a couple no calls, especially in the fourth quarter. Love Jason Tatum, that but I thought that off. was an offensive foul. That was a push. But also, I mean, it's kind of been back and forth. I mean, both sides. What have been your thoughts overall? Yeah, I tend to think it's probably been uh, pretty even. I, I, I don't have a huge issue with some of the stuff. What I don't like was, and they've done it a couple times in the series, where they've kind of let everything go for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, it's like we're going to tighten it up. And I know over the years, talking to players and coaches, there's nothing more that they hate than that because it's, all right, by the time the second quarter rolls around, we've adjusted, and now all of a sudden you're going to you know turn it into a parade to the free throw line. Celtics fans get wildly frustrated because indeed and Harden, you know, every time they go to the basket, they end up on the floor those kind of things but you know it's funny where you know the Philly fans were enraged about Tatum not getting called for that push off and Tatum 100% pushed off I'll never try to say he didn't but it's nothing different than what James Harden does on almost every single step back he takes and it's just the way you know we watch the game as fans we watch it with you know uh, you know for Celtics fans green colored glasses and Philly fans blue colored glasses where it's like okay you know I don't see it when it's my guys but for the most part I think it's 
probably been even, even if it's been kind of evenly bad. I don't think it's been very good, but I don't think it's been wildly uh, set one way or the other. What are your thoughts on the volume of Marcus Smart in the fourth quarter? Because if you look <laughs> at like clutch shooting, he's actually seven for his last 11 in the clutch in this series. But the problem, like the last couple of years, I was actually looking at field goal attempts. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart. He's not for, uh, he's not far off, man. I mean, he had the fourth uh, fourth quarter field goals. He had the most attempts on the team. Again, the other game, like, do you feel like there's just too much Marcus Smart at the end of these games? Yeah, the tough thing is there are times when if you look at just the fourth quarter field goals, it's a lot of those are coming early yeah. in the fourth quarter because what he's done is he is the one guy who is there behind. He will take the ball and say, get it to me. And he'll go to the post and you'll see him work, you know, a lot of times smaller guards. He'll try to go to a little bit of bully ball back down and he's not afraid of the moment. Now, Ideally, yeah, you don't want Marcus Smart taking your last shots at the end of games, but part of this has always been the challenge. And I remember, uh, you know, this was something LeBron talked about. We remember all the way back to when everybody's like, I don't care if LeBron, you know, is, you know, the smartest player. He passed, you know, out on those plays. And everybody kind of ripped him for it. And I always think of what he said was he goes, Hey, I can't help it. That's my DNA is to make the right play. I think the Celtics have a lot of guys who make the right play. And if you look at Jason Tatum kicking to Marcus Smart on those two plays, it was the right play. You know, Smart was the guy who was open. Now, he's open for a reason, but it doesn't mean you can't not make the right play. So I think that's a little bit of the challenge there. Yeah, it really is. In terms of this Knicks Heat series, uh, how do you feel like if Boston moves on, they will uh, match up with uh, with the Heat? Yeah, we're not yeah, even giving think- the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're down nine right now. So okay, maybe that's the right call. Um, you know, I think uh, you know watching the the the, heat, the challenge is going to be the coaching is going to be a complete mismatch. You yeah. know, Eric Spolster is for my money the best coach in the game right now, and he's going to have something ready, especially if they can finish early. And Celtics Sixers goes a couple extra days. He's going to have something that Boston hasn't seen all year. And it may be something he goes back to, you know, the LeBron James, Dwayne Wade days and pulls out on offense or defense and sets something up. On the flip side, the Celtics are set up to defend this team quite well because they're going to put size on Jimmy Butler at the wings, which the, the, the Knicks are trying their best. They just don't have anybody they can put on it. Celtics will put Jalen Brown on him. They'll put Jason Tatum on him. They'll put Marcus Smart on him. And they're going to really make him have to work probably more. Now, it'll be a battle, I think. But but I think the Celtics should, you know, come out. When I look at the teams that are left, I feel like Boston is the best team left. But that coaching mismatch in the presence of Butler, that's going to make things a lot closer than maybe we think it should be. Keith, we only got about like 20 seconds. So what's your uh, what's your prediction? Celtics in, in seven? Does the series end in six? What do you got? And are they still winning this series? Make me feel a little bit better about my bet. <laughs> yeah, I think they're still going to win the series. Again, hard two buzzer beaters and two all-time great games. Because those games, I think that's going to happen again. I think Celtics are 